Pride Month. Why it's important to know the source of your sources. Juneteenth and the Great Divide. I'm Natalie. And I'm Joe. And you're listening to Gen Gen X X Midwest. This week has gotten away from me, but nevertheless, here we are. So, how's your week been? Fantastic. Just great. Still shorthanded. The alternator went out on the car, which is not the easiest to change, but all is good on that. And you just got to keep moving on and say, whatever, yo. I'm not going to let it get me down. Nah. Although it's easier said than done. I know. Just got to do our best to remain blameless because God's got us. Yeah. So... I took a summer course trying to finish up my bachelor's degree, and I can see some light at the end of the tunnel, finally. So if everything works out, I will be graduating in May of 2024 with my bachelor's in criminal justice. That's just two short semesters away. That's awesome. And it's it's exciting to see the end in sight that you have worked so hard for, for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. And some days you have to ask, is it worth it? But it totally I will be. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But for sure, just anything to say, hey, I made it. So I'm kind of proud of myself for that. It's an accomplishment that you should be. Because yeah. you work, I know you worked hard for it. Yeah. You're not coasting through. No, no, I'm going through by the skin of my teeth right now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so. But anyway, uh, I'm going to jump right in here. As we all know, June has been designated Pride Month for the LGBTQ+, I'm surprised I said that without stuttering, (laughs) community. I always thought it was designated Pride Month because the national legislation of same-sex marriage, or legalization, sorry, of same-sex marriage while Obama was in office, and that happened in June. So I always thought it was because of that. So little did I know. actually began around 1969 really yeah so uh, a little bit of history on that is the stonewall riots which again i'd never heard of but it was a series of gay and gay liberation protests the riots began after a police raid at the stonewall inn which was a gay bar located in lower manhattan in new york city in June 1999, it was then-President Bill Clinton who declared the anniversary of the Stonewall riots. I don't even remember that. But he declared that every June in America as Gay and Lesbian Pride Month. No clue. In 2011, then-President Barack Obama, and that's what I was referring to earlier with the uh, legalization of same-sex marriage, expanded the officially recognized Pride Month to include the whole LGBT community. Okay. And you remember when they just thought it was so wonderful that uh, the White House was lit up in rainbow colors. Yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm. So, in 2017, President Donald Trump declined to continue the federal regu- recognition of Pride Month, though he later recognized it via tweet in 2019, used as a presidential proclamation. And after Biden took office in 2021, he vowed, and boy, he didn't uh, go back on that promise, uh-huh. but vowed to push LGBT rights, even though he voted against same-sex marriage, and school education of LGBT topics in the Senate. How interesting. Yeah, see, Bongino has been talking a lot about bringing the receipts. Mm-hmm. And so it's amazing how very quickly you can go back and find these videos. Yeah. 
of Biden being against these things. Mm-hmm. And then he talks about how he's not racist. However, yeah, the infamous video of him not wanting his children in the jungle or right. whatever. But here we are. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, follow the money trail. Yes. Yeah, follow the money trail. Mm. So even though we may be... Uh, faced with this in our current culture and we don't agree with it it's not going to go away anytime soon but as joe and myself have said before just because we may not agree with someone's life choices does not give us license to treat people as lesser human beings Uh, i'm against hate crimes and violence against any group Uh, i say this to everyone regardless of where they may be in life what they believe just educate yourself and research things. From there, what you do with that knowledge is up to you. But, for example, research the rainbow. Find out what the true meaning is of the rainbow, who created it, and why it was created. So why don't you just start there? Yeah, and that's funny because I didn't really get to this part, but I was thinking about that on the way over here. It's a true slap in the face of God Mm -hmm. because the true meaning of the rainbow is a promise. Yes. That he wouldn't flood the earth again, mm-hmm. but it's a promise, and so the slap in the face is, this is what we're going to use for gay pride is the rainbow flag. Yeah. So, it's not a promise. Coincidence? No. no. It's a slap in the face. Right. And again, we talked about it here a while back about everybody's changing <laughs> the name, the the definition of everything. Mm-hmm. So gay is no longer just happy, mm-hmm. and uh, the rainbow is no longer. God's promise. It's, God's, I mean, yeah. It's just a slap in the face, but whatever, right? Yeah, I uh, remember my uncle, I was at church without a guitar strap. And he said, well, let me, because he only lived just a little bit away from the church. He said, let me go and get you one. And he brought in three, two or three. One of them was <laughs> rainbow colored. And he goes, well, I brought it just in case. And he goes, I know you're not going to want to use it. And I said, I do not want to use that thing. No, and it's sad because yeah. that is a promise from God right. to us. And that's and what now yeah. we can't even, as Christians, display it mm-hmm. because it, it means something totally different yeah. now. And that's what he said. And he's like, I think it's time that Christians take the rainbow back. Yeah. You know, so. So, you know, on the way I come up with something, it's, it's not about pride. It's about a promise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I don't know. Maybe we can get a shirt. Yeah. We might have to start making some shirts. There you go. We're, we're expanding, trying to expand a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and a couple of times I've brought up, so we were kind of discussing this just real quick, but I brought up a couple of times why it's important to know the source of your source. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be specific about what Bible we use. Um, and I mentioned in the beginning that it, we got to know our sources. Mm-hmm. And, so, and that goes with the things that we discuss because yeah. I, I don't just find one source and jump on the bandwagon here. We dig and mm-hmm. try to get some, be educated, not just toot off what everybody else is saying because mm-hmm. that's where our, our country's in a mess right now because of that. Yeah. So I thought I would share a study that one of the teachers at our church and, and then some that I added to and found out today and hopefully give some insight into why the King James is important. And like we have discussed over and over, it starts at the root. Mm -hmm. So I'm not meaning to pick on anybody. 
because I do use like uh, the Living Bible. I'll refer to it here and there. And then uh, there's another one starts with an A. I can't think the of amplified. it. Amplified. Amplified. Mm-hmm. I'll go back to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but to to solely base all my studies on those, I won't. I don't do that. It's mm-hmm. in reference to maybe for clarity, but otherwise, no. Yeah. And so I'm going to just briefly try to get through this and explain why and where the the root uh, transcripts came from. Okay. So the Greek and Hebrew text in which the different versions are translated from, the two that will be discussed in this research is the Masoretic or Masoretic text, Masoretic text, and the Westcott and Hort text, and we'll deal mostly with the Old Testament. Okay. There will also be some mention of the differences in the New Testament, which would involve some mention of the Textus Receptus, or received text. However, due to length, it will not be possible to include all of it. <laughs> so, the Masoretic text refers to the Hebrew manuscripts of the Old Testament copied by the Jewish Masoretic scribes, which set, with such care and precision that their accuracy and integrity have never been seriously questioned. So I come across an article today, 98% accuracy in the transcription into the King James from Mm -hmm. the original text because of the care that was taken into that. So, and then in the 2% that they said the differences was not, it didn't amount to a hill of beans really. It may have been uh, commas or periods or something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, but I'm not going to also, I'm also not going to say the King James is absolutely perfect. It's not. It's got some uh, definition issues. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's where we got to study mm-hmm. and go. There, There is some dictionaries that you can buy, Greek and Hebrew, mm-hmm. that gets you to the original definition of those words. Uh, so Ezra and Nehemiah were two of the priests. They were also scribes. These scribes were called the Sepharim. And Sepharim is the root word Sephar, which means to count or to number. To set the scriptures in order and to assure they were copied correctly, the Sepharim counted the words and letters on each page. This is why they were called Sepharim. This work took 110 years to finish. The finished work, the scriptures, along with the notes made by the Sepharim, were then turned over to a group of scribes called the Masoretes. The Masoretes were authorized custodians of the Hebrew scriptures who preserved the Old Testament writings and who made all the official copies of it. The notes made by the Sepharim are called Masora, which means to deliver something into the hand of another. To safeguard the scriptures, every new copy of the scriptures was checked against the Masora. The number of letters, number of words on each page had to match the numbers noted in the Masora. Every detail had to match those notes. Mm. These notes not only recorded the number of words and number of letters on each page, they also noted such things as the number of times each letter occurs in each book, the middle word of a book, the number of certain phrases, and so on. The purpose of these notes was to prevent the loss or misplacement of any word or letter in the Bible. The Westcott Hort text was put together in 1881. This compilation was based for the most part on two non-Masorite texts, the Vaticanus and the uh, Sinaiticus, Sinaiticus. Don't look at me. S <laughs> i n a i t i c u s. We'll go with that. Okay. This text differs from the Masoretic text in over seventy-five hundred instances. Their text of the New Testament contains an additional fifty-seven hundred differences. 
Dr. Donald White counted the differences in the New Testament comparing the Westcott Hort text to the Textus Receptus and found over 5,600 differences. Hmm. He found 1,952 omissions, 467 additions, and 3,185 changes. Wow. Reverend Jack Mormon stated the amount of total omissions of the Greek words would be equivalent to dropping out the entire books of First and Second Peter. In this comparison of the Textus Receptus and the Nessel uh, Aelin Greek text, in which he found 2,886 omissions. Hmm. Westcott and Hort practiced higher criticism of the scriptures. They felt they were studious enough and smart enough to know that, that the scriptures, what the scriptures should say. They took spurious manuscripts and where differences were found, over 7,500, they picked and chose as they thought best. They rejected the Masoretic text and favored corrupt text to promote their own philosophy. They referred to this method as conjectural emendation, which these two are atheists, by the way. Westcott and Hort were atheists. Really? And they're creating a text for the base of the Bibles. Cool, huh? Can we say oxymoron? Right? <laughs> they were spiritualists who believe in making contact with the dead. At Cambridge, they were associated with the Ghostly Guild and the Herms Club, organizations that involved themselves with the occult. Westcott said, no way, or no one now, I suppose, holds the first three chapters of Genesis, for example, give a literal history. I could never understand how anyone reading them with an open mind couldn't think they did. Hort said the pure Roman Romish view seems to be nearer and more likely to lead to the truth than the evangelical. They claimed if the Bible is to be taken seriously, it becomes a danger to religion and public morals. Hmm. So, I'm not going to read all of it. The Joint Committee, so... King James is off of the original text. The Westcott and Hort text, your NIV, your New American Standard, even the New King James is all based off this corrupted text. Hmm. Cool, huh? Interesting. The Joint Committee for the NIV used the eclectic method for this contemporary translation. Eclectic, the Webster's New World Dictionary, is divine to select, to pick out, and to choose. Selecting from various systems, doctrines, and sources composed of material gathered from various sources or systems. The editors of the NIV have shown in other writings a preference for the Westcott and Hort manuscripts. However, in order to comply with copyright regulations, which require the new versions, must contain a large portion of traditional authorized King James, King James Version in order to be classified as Bibles. The majority text was used. And I believe it was 70%. Mm -hmm. that they had to use of the King James in order to be considered a Bible. So they have 30% to do whatever. Mm. The editors of the NIV did use the traditional text, but in some verses that contain essential doctrine, they used random minority text type readings and also took advantage of the opportunity to present New Age philosophy or demote God in Christ. If you get a parallel Bible with the NIV, and the King James, it's insane. Mm -hmm. And they have done some more uh, omissions over the years, but a lot of it comes to 
when Christ died on the cross and the things that Christ done for us. So I'm going to wrap it up. So the scripture, if you go back to Revelation, for I testify, it's Revelations 22, 18 and 19. Mm-hmm. I testify unto every man that hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Pretty stern. It's very stern. And clear cut. And God's pretty serious about his word. Mm -hmm. And we have to be, again, we have to go back and understand the sources of our sources. Right. Because if we're not, we're getting ourselves led into a place of deception that could be dangerous. Mm-hmm. So that's some groundwork. That's some interesting stuff. I didn't know a lot of that stuff. So yeah. That's and that's not even all I had. I just trying to hmm. cut it down a little bit. But yeah. uh, I'll, let, I'll give you my essay that I wrote here and you can okay. read it. Yeah, sure. I'd like to. <laughs> All right, uh, Juneteenth, and I'm taking a deep breath here because I may piss off some folks on both sides of the mm-hmm. spectrum. But I'm not on anybody's side, you know. I'm on God's side, so right. Uh, Juneteenth, Juneteenth, excuse me, is a federal holiday in the U.S. commemorating the emancipation of enslaved African Americans. Got to go to history on uh, this one. So, June 19, 1865, General Gordon Granger proclaimed freedom for sale for slaves. I miswrote that. <laughs> I said for sale. Proclaimed freedom for slaves in Texas. Juneteenth originated in Galveston and has been observed in various parts of the United States, often broadly celebrating African American culture. Again, Joe Biden signed the Juneteenth National Independence Day Act into law and became the first new federal holiday in 2021 since Martin Luther King Jr. Day was adopted in 1983. Now, what I have to say on this, uh, before and again, because of not doing my history, not doing my homework, some people at work were, oh, you know, this is so ignorant. This is so stupid. Why in, you know, they get a federal holiday off. We get this day off. Okay? Yeah. So, you know, we're up there. People were up in arms about it. I was like, you know, I don't like attention being drawn to this. I just don't. Because then you start getting into conversations that... People are going to say things that's going to be offensive and argumentative and this, that, and the other. But I watched a clip from an interview with Mike Wallace and Morgan Freeman, the actor Morgan Freeman, uh, where they were talking about Black History Month, which is in February. Now, I realize Black History Month and Juneteenth are two entirely different things. So... Morgan Freeman, in regards to Black History Month, responded with the question, you're going to relegate my history to a month? Mm-hmm. Good point. So uh, there's no way anybody can do that. Right. I don't. There's no way any human being can do that. So uh, second issue Freeman addressed was the use of the term African American, and I've talked about this before, that I think it's offensive. Uh, 
because what's wrong with just the term American? Right. Whether you're a born citizen or have become a legalized citizen, you're an American. Mm-hmm. So I don't agree with hyper-labeling. Half my family is white, half my family is black, big whoop de doo Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're all Americans. I mean, I get the best of both. I have the skin color white people get skin cancer for to maintain. I also have the hair texture black people fry their hair for. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm good with it. Whatever. But uh, Morgan Freeman then asked Mike Wallace about White History Month. And Mike Wallace nervously stammered a little bit before answering, and he said, well, I'm Jewish. Yeah. And uh, Freeman said, okay, fine. Do you want a Jewish History Month? Right. And Wallace responded, no, I don't. Morgan Freeman said, neither do I. I don't want a Black History Month. And so Wallace said, well, how are you going to stop people or stop racism? How are you going to... How are we going to eradicate that? And Morgan Freeman said, you just simply stop talking about it. Mm -hmm. So um, how about you stop referring to me as a black man, is what Morgan Freeman said. And he goes, I'll stop referring to you as a white man. So we refer to each other by name. You call me Morgan, I'll call you Mike. (laughs) And so I think Morgan Freeman made some good points here. I mean, labeling has is another thing that has gotten the society and the mess that it's in. And uh, we just need to stop overcomplicating everything. It's really not that complicated. No, and I had a guy that worked for me who was black, and they'd come in and be like, well, I want the black guy to help me. Mm. He's got a name, guys. Yeah. Here, I'll give you his name. Write it down. Mm-hmm. And next time you come in, ask for him by name. Right. Because I, you don't come in here and say that white girl Mm-mm. or the little white kid whatever you don't say that but you refer to him as the black guy his name this is his name Mm -hmm. and i'm like quit just if you like him so much learn his name right he's a human being he is and i still the guy hasn't worked there for three or four years Mm -hmm. and they still come in asking for the black guy oh man like come on the guy's got a name he does and it's annoying Mm -hmm. and i mean like even I don't. I don't go. This is my friend so and so, my white friend, mm-hmm. and this is my Hispanic friend by this name, and this is my black friend by this name. Yeah. This is my friend. Right. This is their name. Yeah. And so labeling and color coding, it's got to quit. Yeah. And it's it's gotten so <laughs> ridiculous. I uh, had a personal experience similar to what you. <laughs> just talking about only i was involved in it you were sticking up for the the man i i'm there so uh i might have talked about this before i can't remember but some older friends who known me all my life would always say oh that black guy that black woman well up the road at another church they got a black pastor now okay still a rural community that has not changed so you can imagine all the looks and the talks and all oh, yeah. that stuff when he came in and um i've also heard him say you know oh this black girl i work with i mean that makes me feel uncomfortable and i know that they're in their defense they don't think it's racist because they're just trying to be uh descriptive yeah but 
like I said, very small rural area. The only black folks you're going to see really are in the sports stadiums or in the big cities or on TV or in the movies. So I was once asked, you know, where did you get that book from? Or who gave you that church bulletin? And me being the smart ass that I was <laughs> and still am, I said, oh, some white girl. <laughs> And people standing around me, some of them thought it was funny, but there was one lady in particular who took offense to that. And she kind of pulled me over to the side and asked under her breath if I was racist. And I just said, no, why? She goes, well, you said that white girl comment. (laughs) And so I just looked her in the eye and I said, oh, you mean like the black guy or black lady comment that I've heard you make? Yeah. Or your husband make? And so she just looked at the ground and smiled nervously and walked away. It didn't answer my question. Uh-huh. So the simplistic backwoods description wasn't a problem until I started using it. And so the point is, people are people, and everybody needs to just calm down and STFU. Yes. Okay? Yes. But as for Juneteenth, I have mixed feelings about it, but... Um, just as I said a few weeks ago when we went up to the Wilson battlegrounds and seeing the shackles and they had that one picture on the wall of the man whose back was just like hamburger yeah, because he had been lashed so many times. It was hard to see and I was almost in tears, but nevertheless, as ugly as it was, it is part of our American history Mm -hmm. and history is not there to be liked. It's there to learn from so you don't make the mistakes. So, I don't have a problem with acknowledging the emancipation of the enslaved. I think it's important. So um, Black History Month, Juneteenth, two different things and should not be lumped together, I don't think. So I think that's where a lot of the confusion and anger may come from by not researching. So in order to research, you're going to have to get into some history as ugly as it is. Yeah. And I just, we got to get it back into history. And I was, I've been talking to my mom, and, and we've been talking, and I'm just, I'm falling back in love with history. Mm-hmm. I, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's some things that we, like I said before, that we can't be proud of, but it's still, that's just your own personal walk as well. I mean, there's some things I've done in my life I'm not proud of, but they've made me who I am today. Right. And some of those things that I'm not proud of, I don't do them anymore. And I can have a conversation with somebody else about this is who I was, this is what I did, but I'm not there anymore. And you can come out of that. Right. But to, to be a country that continues to make this an issue mm-hmm. and not, I mean, should we forget about it? No, because when you forget your history, you, you, re, you repeat it. Yeah. But we need to come out and grow from it mm-hmm. and move forward and quit going back to it again i mean this i'll talk about it briefly here in just a second but it's like come on you know but to go along with what we brought up several times too the division is the goal i mean the lgbtq community the the racism it's all to create a divide Mm -hmm. and i can't say that satan's behind all the division because i was gonna go in and i'm like Satan's behind every bit of division that's ever been in history, ever. But 
Now, there's some things that we've done on our own. God did divide mm -hmm. them at the Tower of Babel. Mm -hmm. So again, we, we have to look at the reason for the division. And at the Tower of Babel, they were wanting to build a tower that would reach into the heavens. And God divided them by confounding the languages and scattering them abroad. So for what reason? Maybe to keep them from sin? Mm -hmm. Or maybe to keep from having another scenario that took place in heaven with Lucifer? Yeah, I never thought of that, but yeah. <clears throat> But what we're seeing in, happening in the U.S. today, I believe, is is rooted completely in evil. Um, you have to you have parents and children separated, and this is warned in the Bible, Matthew ten twenty one, and brother shall deliver up the brother to the debt to death, and the father to the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And it's unfortunate that this is happening, but people will read this and say, Nah, this will never happen. We're here. Mm -hmm. You have kids that don't respect their parents at all whatsoever. Right. And we posted. Did I post it? Maybe I haven't posted it. There's a video I found where this kid looks at the mom and is like, how can my phone not charge? It all of a sudden it blacks out. And the woman, are you all right there? Get these little blinkies. I'm glad you woke back up. <laughs> it was in a Gen X reference, but I'm like, and if you haven't checked out our Facebook page, I've been posting some videos about some stuff that we've been talking about, just so you know what we're referencing when we're talking about this stuff. Yeah. Um, but we have a generation that has zero respect for the parents at all. Mm -hmm. And But this is what the scripture warned about. I mean, it's yeah. happening. And people just say, well, the Bible's not true. What's, it's happening. Uh, yeah, it's right in front of your face. We're sitting here watching it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the word of God, say we brought this up several times too as well in Mark three twenty three to 26. And he called unto them and said unto them in parables, how can Satan cast out Satan? And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan rises up against himself and be divided, he can't stand, but it has an end. Now here Jesus talking to the scribe concerning a man who had just had a demon cast out of him, and, he, and the scribes were saying that Jesus and the disciples were casting out demons in the name of Beelzebub, mm -hmm. who was also a demon. Mm -hmm. But the point here is that a kingdom or a country divided against itself will fall. It cannot stand, period. Right. So in this country we see division because you have people that are seeking power or want to hold on to that power. So they keep the people divided so they can be ruled but we also see the country falling apart because in the fight for power, they don't care who they take out. But this division has families being separated, churches being separate, different Bibles, some are so-called, and, and people are fighting over what is true because of their own personal interpretations, when if just a little word study was done, would find the actual definition. Yeah. So this is kind of going back into what I was already talking about, but it, it links up. Mm -hmm. You just have to have... That's why you can't have a kink in your armor. Right. God tells us to have that armor on, but that least little bit of a kink in there, it's going to get something in there that God doesn't want, and it's going to all start falling apart. And so that's where we can't give, even just a little. You can't. Mm. I mean, you can see in our country those little things that's been given here and there, and now we don't, we're almost to the point where we don't have any freedoms. They're being taken away. Mm hmm I posted a video of a man, he was in World War II, and he just, he came to tears. Yeah. This is not what that. these guys died for. Right. Mm -hmm. And I can't, and we talked about it too, that generation. I can't, 
that's just one of the things that we had talked about that generation going what is happening in this world yes but then they'll argue the point is if it is a fact not really know knowing for sure if it is or not um because all they do is just listen to somebody else give their interpretation of it you know mm-hmm but we have people that are absolutely raging mad, getting on TV mad about something they heard on the news and defending it to the point they want to harm or kill someone, not knowing whether or not it's true that just what their one-sided pot-stirring news source said it was, so it's got to be true, right? <laughs> yeah. No. That's it's the not mentality, right. though. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not racist or hate people because <clears throat> I think our borders need to be protected. For the same reason, I'm not racist or hate people because I lock my house or my car. Right. This is my home. I want it to be safe. I want mm-hmm. to know what is coming in and, and if that person or group of people intend to do harm and it should be dealt with accordingly. Right. It doesn't make me racist. No, it doesn't. And I don't think we should be paying people if they are hurt in the process, process of committing a crime. No, that's the dumbest thing. One of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Because if they weren't committing the crime, they wouldn't have gotten hurt. hurt. Right. And crossing the border illegal is a crime. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think there should be reparations for anyone that wasn't directly involved by people who weren't directly involved. Yeah, I wasn't directly involved. I don't want reparations. You weren't directly involved. I'm not going to take your money. I mean, no. I know. This is dumb. I just... Dumb, dumb, I don't dumb. understand how it's my fault. I mean, but people live on the coast. They know there's going to be hurricanes. But my insurance premium goes up when their house gets ripped apart by a hurricane because mm-hmm. that's where they want to live. So mm-hmm. I guess we've been doing it for years already. Yeah, true. <laughs> so... Matter of fact, I think we're still paying taxes on the Civil War if I remember right. Really? I may be wrong. Don't quote me, but I heard something. Let's look into that one. Yeah, let's look into that. But it's stuff like this that just keeps on creating more division. It's just, you're you're not going into a positive direction. You just keep sending us back to the same crap that divided us to begin with. And it may seem or sound like I don't care about people, and I really do. I really do care a lot about people a lot, Mm -hmm. but my line is the stupidity that people find acceptable. My line is people making their assumptions without knowing the whole truth of the story. I mean, how many people, I don't know about you, but especially when I was younger, I had people go, I didn't want to talk to you because I thought you were a B. Mm -hmm. You're actually pretty funny. I was like... Well, don't make the assumption until you come up and say, hi, and how's it going? Right. I mean, you, you base this whole thing off of one thing, but most of the time a slow response in the face of anger is the wisest action. Yeah. So. I like to see people squirm myself. Yeah. Just remain that. When they say something, you just sit yeah, there quiet. Stare. I just remain that Hannibal Lecter calm, you know. But see, people don't like silence anymore. <laughs> no, it I makes have them nervous that. and uh-huh. scared, so they start thinking they got to say something. Say something, have something on, have their earbuds in. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've noticed that. Which I can't sleep in silence. I have such a ringing in my ears. I have to uh, have the uh, YouTube rain apps going so I can sleep. I found those. Yeah, those are awesome. I like them. Yep. The popping and cracking of the fire and the rain on the window. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's some other ones I found. It's a, a, a frequency music that goes on. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they're pretty neat. But yeah. the, I like the music or the rain one better. But anyway, hope we give you something to dig into. But you can find us on Facebook at Gen X Midwest. I w- we have I've been trying to get better at posting some stuff on there just to back up what we're saying. So hopefully you guys will go over and visit us on Facebook. It's a very pleased, mm-hmm. and it is the beautiful sunset. I took that from my front yard. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Twitter at the Gen X Midwest. You can email us at GenXMidwest at gmail.com. You can download this episode and many others on about any podcast platform or direct from our hosting site, Buzzsprout. We'll see what we come up for, for next week. Thanks for listening. And until next time, check, check you, you later. later.